0: Welcome to Alter Your Comics Presents. I'm Alex. I'm Laura. And I'm Jared. And we're back from Thanksgiving. Huzzah! Woo!
1: We all survived.
0: What are you thankful for?
1: That I don't have to worry about it again for a while.
0: We'll do it all again next month, or this month now, for Christmas.
1: Kinda. I don't know. To me, Christmas is way different than Thanksgiving.
0: For me, it's close enough. There's food, there's people, there's gifts, I guess. You don't have all the leftovers. That's the other side. And we only have to worry about Christmas, and then a week later, it's New Year's, so we had a day off for the Christmas and a day off for New Year's, so that's nice. You do? What's that like? Oh, uh, that's okay. It's the joy <laughs> of not working at refinery. <laughs> but with that, uh, we'll move to this week's topic of some of our favorite stories that were collected in graphic novels that we either missed the single issues or we decide to wait until the trades come out that we're like, ah, uh, I like this, but it's not, I don't know, it's not enough for me to pay attention to month to month. I'll just wait until it comes out and trade, and just, it's easier to store and trade, in my opinion. So,
2: that and it may have been older than what I could do, right. reading wise, yeah, at the time, it could have came out before
0: <laughs> I had the means to get it, or yep. some of the stuff before I was even born. So, uh, I definitely still have no chance of getting it single issues, or it'd be a fight, and screw that. Uh, So, let's go with that. Um, Who wants to go first for one of their favorite graphic novels? I'll go first.
2: Uh, I went with the first one is the new Teen Titans, The Judas Contract. Uh, This is probably the most famous Teen Titans story arc there is. It was written by Marv Wolfman, and art was by George Perez. Uh, This book doesn't really need prior stories to build upon it. You know, it does kind of flow from previous stories, but that was just... Introducing characters or things like that. Uh, this is really standalone. Um, this is the story of where Deathstroke manipulates an unbalanced teenager named Terra to infiltrate and betray the Teen Titans. Uh, Deathstroke has a contract from the evil group Hive to steal the, tit- the to steal the Titans' powers. Uh, this story shows how Deathstroke can be very intelligent and manipulative. And Tara really hates the Titans and will do anything she can to hurt them. But I don't remember why she hates them. I don't Teenage even. Teenage angst? Yeah, I don't know if it's even <laughs> said in the story why she hates them. Because feelings, that's yeah, why. Trauma is dramatic. Yeah. So, but uh, this is the story where uh, Dick Grayson uh, stops being Robin and becomes Nightwing. And it's also where Wally West quits being Kid Flash and becomes the Flash. This is set after Barry Allen is killed in uh, Crisis on Infinite Earths. But uh, uh, Deathstroke and Terra attack each Titan individually and captures them, all except for Nightwing. He's able to get away, and then he goes looking for the other Titans because Deathstroke attacked him as Dick Grayson, not as Nightwing or Robin or anything like that. So he obviously knows who their secret identities are. Uh, So after that, Nightwing goes and to investigate each of the Titans' homes to find them all attacked and missing. Uh, Der- Deathstroke's son Jericho shows up helping Nightwing free the other captured Titans from Hive,
0: and they battle the traitorous Terra. Well, one good thing with this one that hits a lot of bases for me was the uh, animated series Teen Titans. Mm-hmm. Not Teen Titans Go!, but the real, the good one. They took a lot of inspiration from that story and made oh, it yeah. into the animated series. Yep. Of like having Tara being there, uh being Slade being the main villain of everything. And one thing that you and I talked about earlier today was how in the new upcoming oh, what's it called? Uh, DC, D- I, DC Future State. Future State, one of the characters is was in the animated series. Yep. Uh, red X or whatever his name is. Yeah, whatever
2: Robin was undercover in. I don't r I think it was Red X, but I don't remember the name for sure.
0: Yeah, he has a red X on his face. Yeah. So <laughs> But yeah, I think mean, that's a lot of inspiration that they took out of that. Like, all right, we'll make a whole... Pretty much they made the whole series based off of that. Yeah, I'm really looking forward to it. I think it looks great. So, yeah, I think that was a good pick. I have not read it yet. I should read it. I just haven't yet.
1: Yeah, I was going to say, how did you know all that stuff happened if you hadn't read it yet?
0: Because I watched the show. And that, when he was going over the description of it, I was like, oh, that hits all the same notes as yeah, the TV I, show. it's very different, but the... Overall concept is
2: exactly the same. Just they don't have all the characters, or right. in the show it was just the five characters. Right. In this, there were several more.
0: Yeah, there's the main picture, big picture thing. Like, oh, well, okay. we have the undercover character that is, you know, working with him, and he's the main villain, and all that stuff. Yeah, it just reminded me a lot of the show. Like, oh, that makes looking back, it makes sense. That's a, why not why wouldn't the show copy? Oh yeah. Comics? Yep. This is one of the first stories that really showed Deathstroke how evil he is or how
2: well how good how he good is he being is. A, yeah. a bad guy or yep how powerful he is how he can really stand up to even technically batman sometimes all right. so
0: all right i will go next with one of my favorite graphic novels that i missed this single issues and that is second coming this is an independent comic by ahoy comics where jesus has or jesus comes to earth again it is the second coming of jesus but God pairs him up with a Superman-like figure. I think I talked about this in the past a few episodes ago. I want to say back in January or so. Possibly. But this one is definitely satire. Like, don't... <laughs> I know when it first came out, there were a lot of people that were yelling out, like, oh, it's sacrilegious, having Jesus being not according to the Bible and everything. But it was cool to see a more grounded approach for him, I guess like, not as iconic, but like more of a regular human being sort of style. And then him understanding the modern problems of earth. Cause at one point the Superman figure like beats up a bunch of criminals and knocks them unconscious and goes to go after the mob boss. He comes back. He's like, wait, what happened to everybody? It's just like, well, I healed them. They were hurt. It's like, you don't hurt bad guys. They need to be hurt. Cause they're evil. We need to beat them up. So they learn a lesson. And it really spirals out a little bit of that from there. or like, oh, according to this, uh, the people that wrote the Bible weren't really paying attention. Like, they would only listen to what they wanted to hear. So the people in power were like, oh, you know, the whole an eye for an eye, a tooth for a tooth makes whatever, blah, blah, blah. Like, oh, well, sure, that makes sense. Put that in the Bible. And he actually said, don't do an eye for an eye. Don't do this. But they just ignored the don't part. They only heard what they wanted to hear. And... My favorite line from this was when he gets thrown in jail for saying, hey, I'm Jesus. Like, okay, crazy person. But that's not the first time we've heard this. Throw him in jail. Uh, his cellmate is named, like, I forget his first name, but let's say it's like Mark Acorn. And like, oh, what are you here for? Oh, I was eat- I got thrown in here for eating acorns. Well, that seems kind of weird, yeah. But then you realize, wait, that's his last, oh, he was eating his family oh jeez, <laughs> like they don't explicitly say it but it's like oh well, that's weird of the you know, thrown there then yeah like once you put it two and two together oh he's a cannibal that's why he was thrown in jail oh my god but i mean jesus took it for what it was worth and just went from there and it was one of those like he became one of the disciples like oh maybe you should vet your disciples a little bit more before you start <laughs> having them spread your word and everything but yeah it was definitely a weird one uh but it was fun like i said take it Take it lightly. It's not intended to be super serious. Supposedly, originally, it was going to be a DC title, but the executives at DC said, hey, no, we don't want to have actual Superman teaming <laughs> up with Jesus and having, you know, everybody angry at us. We're not going to take this. So they just changed the character, and you can definitely see it's Superman based, but it works pretty well. So that was Second Coming. Laura, what's up on yours?
1: As usual, I'm not as prepared as I ought to be. I was going to go with Spider Man Noir first. Mainly the the biggest reason I didn't get this when it first came out was I'm not even sure when it first came out.
0: There was a bunch that came out so it's hard to say. I'll I'll do a quick Google search while you continue talking about it though. So I don't have to edit as much.
1: Nah, that doesn't sound like any fun. I gotta make it hard for you. It came out in two thousand nine. Yeah, so that was kind of the years when I was in school and not buying comics, not I didn't realize until I moved to Lima that comics come out every week on Wednesday. So that's why I didn't get a lot of things in single issues until I moved to Lima and actually started talking to Mark at the comic shop and everything because I didn't know. And I was always like, how come I can never find these again? I keep coming to the comic shop like once a month. I didn't know that you needed to come once a week. And I think actually the biggest reason I have Spider-Man Noir is because for our paper anniversary, you got this for me. So. That sounds
0: about right. Because <laughs> I don't think you had it.
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah, I don't usually go into a lot of Spider-Man alternates in single issues either. Well, I should say I used to not. Now I've now that I have the means to spend a lot of money on comics, I buy a lot more comics I probably should. But part of why I used to not and I would focus on graphic novels was they're a little more economical and then you can get the whole story all at once and sometimes it's nice to just Be able to read everything, sit down and read it all at once rather than wait a month and forget what's been happening in between. Which I'm noticing more and more as we're doing this podcast that I don't remember what happened last week. So I've gotta go back to my notes and be like, Why are these people doing this stuff in this comic book? Band Noir is actually set back in the nineteen thirties and another part of it that I've really enjoyed, I wanna say that it it dabbles a little bit in prohibition, and so I like that they've taken some of the characters from the Spider-Man world we see as normal characters, and they put a spin on it because it's back in the 30s. And I like that Black Cat is one of the people running the speakeasy, and she's like, you know, a little kind of like her normal character. She's a little on the dark side, like she's kind of towing the line of... Well, I guess, no, our, our Black Cat is always a thief. But this one's a little more on the up and up, but just barely doing the criminal life but trying to hide it a little better i feel like you have no idea what i'm talking about (laughs) but yeah i think i should just trail off there as usual but yeah spider-man noir was a book i picked that was gifted to me in graphic novel trade format that i would recommend to anybody to check out
2: Hi, jared what's up for you all right my next one is batman hush um I'm, this one is kind of a cheat but not so much anymore when it first came out it actually came out in uh, Hush Part 1 and, or Volume 1 and Volume 2 in trade back in the day but uh, now they collect it in all, all in one volume but uh, this book really has it all for a Batman fan it has pretty much every Batman villain and hero all in it um, it was written by Jeff Loeb and drawn by Jim Lee and it's, I think it's one of the best looking Batman books out there Uh, Just because the art is... It's gemly. I mean, it's really good.
0: It's one of those, like, it's an older book, but it definitely doesn't feel like it. It feels like a modern art and everything.
2: Yeah, it came out in, what, like 2002 or something? I don't know. Uh, But, uh, yeah, this is uh, where there is a new villain out there for Batman who is being manipulated. Um, It opens up with Batman rescuing a bunch of kids from Killer Croc who has taken them hostage. Which is a little uncharacteristic for uh, Killer Croc, because he usually just, you know, either tries to eat something or tries to, you know, they have that emotional twist where he's really not human. He wants to be, so it was a bit out of character for everything. But um, he, it instantly goes into Catwoman stole something and he's now chasing her. Well, he, uh, uh, swinging off of a gargoyle. And the gargoyle breaks, and he falls, is able to slow his fall, but he still crashes to the ground really hard because he's up in the sky. And he has a fractured skull and, you know, head trauma and everything. So uh, they get him back to the Batcave, and he's using Morse code to signal Alfred to get his old childhood friend, Tommy Elliot, who comes in and does brain surgery on him and head surgery and, and fixes Bruce, and everything's all good. But it, they start to go from each of the Batman villains whose Hush is manipulating in this overall story arc, and it turns out that they are running into an adult version of Jason Todd. And they later learn that it's not Jason Todd, it's Clayface, who's being manipulated by Hush to make Batman angry.
0: All the manipulation.
2: Much. Yeah. So it turns out that uh, his uh, childhood friend Tommy Elliott is the one who is Hush, and it's just one of the best Batman stories there is. It's really good.
0: Yeah, and if I remember correctly, he actually got, like, reconstructive surgery also to look similar to Bruce, didn't he? Uh, that was later
2: on, yeah. Okay. Yeah, that was after, oh, well, about the time Bruce was killed in Final Crisis. I don't okay. remember if it was right before or right after, but I think it was right around that time because Dick Grayson was Batman during that.
0: Yeah, a lot of that kind of reminds me of the current new villain of was it, Ghostmaker? Yeah. Like, oh, he was raised kind of the same time as Bruce, and they were both trying to do the similar thing, like martial arts and everything. It's funny how full circle with that.
2: Yeah. Hush also has uh, one of the great scenes with Batman and Nightwing where it's just Nightwing saying what he thinks to Bruce about his relationship with Catwoman. Nightwing's just like, yeah, just tell her who you are, you know. And he eventually does in this book. So it was the first time he revealed his identity to Catwoman.
1: Was it at Christmas again? Yeah, I don't know.
0: (laughs) And if I remember correctly, didn't they make an animated movie out of this also? I believe so, Uh, yeah. I think they did. They made, I mean, that's DC. They are phenomenal at their animated movies. Oh, they are. They're really good with it. I mean, they pretty much copy the comics, which is perfectly fine. Yeah. Yep, or put a very small
2: twist on them, so it's still the main story arc and everything like that. But yeah, they've done
0: great. All right, and next up for me will be. Uh, in favor of Adrian's, it is Die. Um, that is just D-I-E, as in you roll a, d- a single die. I say you roll a die because it is about a group of friends that gather together for a birthday party. They're in their teenage years. And instead of playing standard D&D, uh, one, of the play- one of the friends has like, Alright, we're going to play a brand new adventure you've never heard of before, you've never played before. And he assigns each person just one single die at the each per, for at the beginning. So like, oh, uh, you have the d6 because of this reason. This other person has the d8 because of whatever other reason. And once they roll, it actually sucks them into the game with as their character. So they're actually like living the full RPG. But the catch is, they get stuck in the game, and whatever happens to them has real life consequences once they get out of the game. For example, one of the characters, she's a uh, what is like a cyborg more or less. She has a robotic arm in the game because like, oh, that'd be cool to have that. So why not? Problem being is once they left the game, she didn't have an arm because it was cybernetic within that world. Oh wow! And like they disappeared for I want to say like six months in the real world timeline. So it was very confusing to everybody. They never really explained what happened to everything. But then at the end of the first issue, it jumps to like 20, 30, 40 years later where they're all like in their 40s, 50s, like, and they have kids, they've had lives. They don't talk about whatever happened to them because no one will believe them because you just sound like a crazy person. And then all of a sudden something draws them back into the game at the end of the first issue. So then the rest of the series is them stuck in the game. You actually see what they were talking about of, oh, this is what was going on. This is why we're all messed up as adults in the real world, because we know this is a game. But then something seemed like, oh, maybe this isn't a game exactly. Maybe these other players that are, we thought are NPCs might actually be real life people, but we don't know who they are. And maybe they don't know who they are either. They don't know that they're in a game. And it's really, really interesting. There's two volumes out right now. Um, anyway, that's a fan of fantasy RPG stuff, definitely check it out if you haven't already. Um, yeah, I just, I I read the first couple issues when it was available, but then I was like, well, I have a million other books to read, I'll read it in trade. And I thoroughly enjoy it. It's really good.
1: Is it bad to think of Jumanji when you tell this story? I
2: was thinking the same thing.
0: No, I think that's fair. I think (laughs) Comparing of Jumanji is very fair with that. I mean, it is kids getting sucked into a game that has real life consequences and yeah, it's Jumanji, but the RPG, more or less.
1: Okay. I'm a little thrown off by the dice, so I'll have to read that myself to f- connect the dots.
0: All right, so with connecting dots, you get to go next also.
1: Yeah. Sorry, everybody, that I did a terrible job with this this week, as usual. I think the other, the next one that I'll go in on my list is Ultimate Comics Spider-Man Miles Morales. Part of why I didn't get into this back in the day was I realized that Ultimate Comics was not the normal Spider-Man universe, and I was really thrown off by how much they were changing the origin story and all that. And then just the fact that it was Miles Morales. It wasn't Peter Parker Spider-Man. I was very against that at first, and I had to come to my senses and say, this is actually a really good story. And although then I still got a little upset as I was starting into it because this Spider-Man is so young, too. I was like, how much younger can they make Spider-Man before it's absolutely ridiculous that they're expecting so much responsibility out of him?
0: I mean, it's similar age to when Peter first started.
1: No, I thought it was like, isn't he like 10 or 12 in this? Mm, I
2: think he's like 13, 14. I was going to say, I was thinking he was a young teenager.
1: But Spider-Man was like 17, 18. Like, to uh... me, that like when I that's a big jump to me. When I was a kid at those ages, like I feel like I... I changed a lot in four years.
2: I thought he was like 14 or 15, because I didn't think he could drive yet. So I thought Which they mentioned Spider-Man? something, uh, Peter Parker. Well,
1: yeah, he... I th- well, you they mentioned
2: somewhere in the Ultimate.
0: Well, if you're comparing Ultimate to Ultimate, that's one thing, but if you compare comparing Regular to Ultimate, that's also different, too. I'm doing Ultimate to Ultimate.
1: Oh, yeah, I don't know how old Ultimate Spider-Man was when he started. Yeah.
0: Yeah, I know he, like, in the Ultimate, Ultimate Peter Parker was very young and scrawny also. Yeah.
1: Yeah, I'm just thinking of original Peter Parker. I think he was like 17 or 18 because he was like a senior in high school, so he's about to graduate. And he just didn't have a car because it's New York. <laughs> that was the whole spider buggy issue, right? Yeah. <laughs> Where do I park it? How do I get anywhere?
0: Anyway, back to Miles.
1: <laughs> Sorry. Uh yeah, I just the biggest reason for me was pride and stupidity for not reading it when it was coming out and not not having that expendable income at the time. And now I'm glad that they have released them in trades. Um, I guess I was supposed to say Ultimate Comics Spider-Man by Brian Michael Bendis is. And, oh, shoot. Pacelli is the artist, I think, but I don't know his first name. Eh.
0: Yeah. We haven't mentioned hey. the names of the other people yet. Either, so Jared
1: no, did. I Jared
2: a, did it. Okay. I did my homework
1: this and time. Yeah, okay. <laughs> Jared is making me look bad, so I feel bad. Sorry, audience, that you're getting my crap right now. But, obviously, I'm always going to recommend Spider-Man in some form. The one thing that's been frustrating me a lot lately thinking back on this first trade that I read to introduce me to, to Spider-Man Miles Morales. The current run is kind of crapping all over this history like
0: because he's in the, the main universe yeah. and Peter's alive and yeah it's kind of like they really shafted the ultimate universe yeah, when they destroyed it. Like, oh. well, they and... did destroy
1: it. <laughs> well, I mean, yeah, that's, that, that is
0: the that is the ultimate ultimate universe shaft. Uh, but yeah, like, okay, his wasn't one of his parents dead.
1: Yeah, yeah, I had just, I was reading it in trade so and that. Alert.
0: Oh, sorry, yeah,
1: <laughs> but it's been
0: like it's been a, a
1: while. while, and she's back now. She got better. Yeah, like, is that really a spoiler? But, but that just throws me off too because I don't. I, again, I I have trouble keeping up with this because it's not my spider-man so i i try because it's good but it's not good enough for me to spend a lot of time on it but when i was going through the trades more religiously i like got to the point where his mom died and i was like oh i need a little break and i didn't come back to it for a while and then when i kind of just jumped in on the current stuff she's back with no explanation i'm like well that's really kind of crappy too. explain why she's here what what happened
0: uh i think it was, she came back at the same point when they merged him within the main universe because he gave the whoever his name was that could control everything that had Franklin's power Franklin Richards' powers. That he gave him a cheeseburger. He was stuck in this void, and that was Secret Wars Battle World. uh He like he was like, oh, I've been stuck here for so long. I'm so hungry. I haven't been able to do anything. He's like, well, like. I guess I have this cheeseburger, and because he gave that one gift, he's like, "Well, I'll gift you also." And then gifted him his mom being brought back to life.
1: Oh, okay. I remember the cheeseburger. Sadly I, enough, I didn't remember yeah, that was the reason for the mom. I think I
0: that's say, the best explanation they've done.
1: Wasn't it multiple man? Was that the guy? No,
0: or? that's okay. Else. Okay. But yeah, it was super weird. They just like glazed right over, it. and like, how can they? I don't know. Just the whole explaining like his inspiration was Peter Parker died. In the Ultimate Universe. He knew it was a different universe though it's fine, but now he's in the main universe, but no one... Like, it's so weird how they entangled those two universes, but it didn't change his history, but did. Yeah. It was, it's
1: And especially in this week's issue of Spider-Man, which I feel like is okay to segue into a second, the Miles Morales of the 616, if I'm reading it right, it, like, comes back and he's like, hey this is my world, why are you here? And is trying to, like, push Miles out. And it's like, oh, well, it's about time someone decided, hey, you don't belong here.
0: There yeah. are consequences. Yeah, it's super weird, and best if you just don't think about it.
1: Yep. But it makes it hard to get the the main push of the villains in the story, because, again, since I've been jumping around, too, that I was like, I'm definitely missing something, because these guys are really mad, and I don't know why. It made a little more sense that there were two miles, and they're like, "Well, this is my life now. No, this is my world."
0: Back and forth. All right, and with that, Jared, what is your final trade of the week?
2: Okay, my final trade was Civil War. Um, it starts with another a, Brian
0: Michael Bendis, if I'm correct.
2: I believe so. no, uh, Mark Miller. Mark
0: Miller. Ah, oh well. Uh, <clears> that
2: starts off with uh, the new Warriors, which who are doing a TV reality show by. Going out to find villains and beat them up—that's pretty much the premise of their it's reality, reality TV, TV show. show. Yeah. So this time they bite off a little more they can that they can chew, and they pretty much nuke a couple neighborhood blocks <laughs> <I> <laughs> or one of say, the villains. I don't know, I don't remember which one.
0: It was one of the heroes that he got supercharged and couldn't and I control. Thought, it, I, I thought believe. it was a villain, I... um,
1: or he might have been a reformed
2: villain. Yeah, because he, the villains were mean. just minding their own business and
0: they got attacked. I, I thought it was Prestige that overpowered and, like, blew up. And it was, I want to say it was somewhere in Ohio, actually, too.
1: Um, See, I thought it was Connecticut.
0: I'm not sure now. It's been a while <laughs> since I've read this.
2: Uh, Where's Google? I, Maybe I should have reread this for this.
0: Anyway. Well, but anyway, I'll, I'll yeah. Go,
2: we'll Google it while you explain. Yeah, uh, we'll move forward. Um, so, uh... One of the villains explodes. I'm gonna stick with my villain theory, so we'll go with that. And it, they uh, take several neighborhood blocks with him. This prompts the Superhero Registration Act, in which the superpowered beings must sign the registration in order to be able to operate. Um, Iron Man, Iron Man is pro signing. Captain America is against signing it. And then all the superheroes pick sides. Uh, the biggest shock for me was when Spider Man. Took off his mask, showed the world he is Peter Parker, and teamed with Iron Man. That was the biggest shock, but they kind of ruined it for me later on because they did the whole undid Mary Jane and his marriage.
0: It, it was Nitro, the villain. Aha!
2: Got one over on you. That's it, probably the first one in. It was 10 the years. hero, uh,
0: <laughs> Speedball, that survived. That's why I was confused. Oh, okay. He, he's the only one that survived it.
2: Okay. So, but yeah, um, Peter Parker and. I loved the run where Peter Parker, Aunt May, and MJ were just kind of on the run after Civil War ended. So that. I really wish they would have continued that with his unmasking there. But. Um, the Iron Man is basically locking up anyone who's not signing the Registration Act. Hero, if you're not, if you're
0: not registered, you're yeah. you're breaking the law. Yep, you are a
2: criminal in his eyes, and he's locking them up left and right. It splits the Fantastic Four for a little while. Uh, X Men are divided about it. I mean, it really split the Marvel Universe. But uh, the ending was a little mundane. Uh, just kind of, they were they had this huge battle, and uh, they were going at it, and. Captain America just realizes they're not fighting for the people anymore and just drops his shield and gives up. That kind of sets up his death, which didn't last long.
0: (laughs) Yeah, for me, like, Civil War, the trade, was like, all right, this is setting up the era. It's not necessarily just that one book. It actually changed the whole Marvel scene for a long time. It's like... Because most trades, you know, come and go. It is what it is. That's the storyline. Nothing really changed in the grand scheme of things.
2: No, but I think they still mention the Superhero Registration Act here and there, don't they?
0: Every once in a while. Yeah. Especially as a jab at Tony. Like, hey, remember? Yeah, you think you're always right? You were wrong about that. But I think there was a Spider-Man or... Well, there's the new thing...
2: Something like that where one of them is registered and you're like...
0: Uh, well, there's the new Kamala's Law, which is part of Outlawed. Maybe that's where, what I'm thinking Where of. if you're under age of 18, then you have to be basically registered. Maybe that's and what I'm thinking have a and yeah. all that stuff. So,
2: but yeah, this is one of Marvel's top books ever, and they actually adapted it into Captain America's Civil War, the movie.
0: Yeah. One of my favorite things, scenes that were in that, too. I'm not sure if it was in the main book or... I think it was the main book, where they... Where both sides, or Tony's side, is starting to recruit supervillains. Like, okay, we know you're a villain, but you're fighting with us, so we'll forgive your crimes, whatever, as long as you help us bring in other people, be it heroes or villains. And then Cap is like, "All right, I see what you're doing. We'll do the same thing. He reached out to the supervillain community, like, started recruiting a couple of them. Then all of a sudden Punisher joined, and Punisher immediately killed the villains that were on the team. And they're like... Wait, what the crap? They were on our, t- our side. It's like, no, that's not what we're doing. The moment we start having bad guys on our side just because it's convenient, then we are bad also. So, no, we are not going to have them. Then Captain America immediately kicked them off the team. Pretty much. But it was fun, yep. like, that oh, was a- well, we we can use them too. Bang, yeah. bang, bang. No we, no, we can't. Yep.
2: This book, though, I will say one of the downsides to it is that it tied into all of the other Marvel Everything. books so much that the the main story arc is, what, seven issues long? And it jumps so much. Like, there's one issue. with The first time I ever read this, it was, a uh, oh, Spider-Man is... Um, Unmasking. Unmasking. He is on Tony's side. The very next time we see him in this book, he is throat-to-throat fighting Iron Man. Right. It's like, what the heck happened, you know? I mean, right then I knew there was so much more that I couldn't see out of this, so... But I wish they would collect it all into one volume.
0: They might have, but if they do, then that sucker would be gigantic. Oh, it would be
2: thick, but oh man, you could, you could do it in two volumes I or mean, something, you know. do
0: omnibus size. Do yeah. Do like right, three omnibuses. I would
2: love that, but the way they did it in this, and this is one of the reasons that I stayed away from Marvel for so long, is because when I would pick up a story like this, they would be missing so much.
0: And thankfully they have gotten better at that.
2: Oh, way better. Way um, better.
0: With the exclusion of Ten of Swords with X-Men, everything else, if it's a main, like, they just did Empire, it was you didn't have to read the, subs- no. the side stories. You could read the main story, be good to go. They're yep. doing King in Black right now. They just started with that this week. And as far as I can tell, you don't need to read the side issues. So far, at least, you're good to go. Yeah. If you want to read the side issues, you can. Oh, yeah. But if you just want to do the main story, you can do that and get away with everything.
2: Yeah, and I'm not saying DC's... You know, innocent of that, they did that stuff too. But I always thought, and, and it may have been that I was always more familiar with DC Comics, anyways, is that they, um, I could read a story and get the story. When I would read the tie ins to it, it would add to the story, right? You know, and Marvel didn't do that, yeah, you know, especially in this era,
0: but, yeah. It was definitely a bumpy patch. Like, oh, we'll just do everything. Oh, yeah. And then they've definitely scaled back since oh, I think yeah. they've learned enough people complain, like, hey, guys, we can't do an event every single six months and you expect me to buy everything.
2: Yeah. Yep. And if you can get the entire story to this with all of the side issues, it is phenomenal. It makes the story so much better. But it, the main seven issues, it's lackluster in spots. But it's good enough as oh, yeah. long as you are one to... of one of my picks. That is right. one of my favorites out there. Don't get me wrong. Right. If there's any gaps, I'll at, still criticize. It. <laughs> at this point, if there's any gaps
0: in the storyline, just Google it. Exactly. And then you'll still be able to be fine.
2: Yep. Or just go watch
0: Captain America: Civil War. There's like quite a bit of <laughs> difference between. I know. Yeah, just I just was surprised. I love that movie. Yeah. <laughs> <So>. <laughs> All right, and moving on, I'll be to my final trade for the week. Um, I'm gonna kind of cheat and do two and one. It's, I'm just going to go with a, a story arc as a whole, and that is Batman the White Knight series. So there's the White Knight, Curse of the White Knight, and then there's a current White Knight Harley Quinn se- single issues that are out. Uh, this one tells the story of what if Joker went sane? What would happen then? And the short answer is it kind of drives Batman a little insane of Joker being sane, where... He knows that the Joker is bad no matter what. I don't care if he says he's, uh, Ned. Ned? Jack Napier. Or Jack. Jack Napier. I was like, I don't care if he's Jack Napier or if he's Joker. He's still the Joker. He's still the bad guy. I don't trust him. And rest of Gotham's like, um, you're wrong. Jack is a great politician. <laughs> I already there. <laughs> and w- they follow him. And, of course, things go sour. But and that was just in the first volume. The second volume introduced Azrael and, uh... Jack is still how do I don't know to put it still on the loose a little bit.
1: yeah I didn't feel like he was as big a player in the second one.
0: yeah, the second one definitely focused more on Bruce and the Wayne family than it does on anything else and I mean Azrael's there is a key factor for it, but it definitely changes the Wayne family history and it doesn't end well for Joker either because he's in it very little. But in the Harley Quinn series, you find out that she's pregnant with, or she was pregnant with twins. So, Jack's bloodline moves on still. Um, but yeah, it's definitely a cool what if Joker went sane and Batman didn't, and they flipped the script of Batman's a bad guy, Joker's a good guy. We find out that there's multiple Harley Quins, which is kind of weird. But but whatevs, I guess I don't know. Um, but yeah, I would definitely check out the White Knight series by Sean Murphy.
1: Yeah, I also recommend that one because. I read it outside knowing what was really going on with the Batman series. It's self-contained. You don't need to be familiar with what Batman's actually been doing.
0: Yeah, it's part of uh, DC's Black Label line, so it is its own universe. It's good to go, independent of everything else. All right, Laura, what is your final trade that you want to mention?
1: I think that just for the heck of it, I'll mention Huck, which was by Mark Miller, Raphael Albuquerque, and Dave McCaig. Um this was sort of a story of what if just kind of your normal Joe had superpowers and he just used them for normal things like there's a cat up a tree. Everyone calls him and is like, "Hey, you're going to help me with this cat up the tree, right?" He's like, "Yeah." And I want to say his goal also was every day to do something good. Like he was just a very I almost want to say simple. Like yeah, folksy's a better way to <laughs> say it. Like he's he's good-hearted. He's
0: he's a good guy.
1: Yeah. And the biggest reason I guess this is, I'm going for it. Um, The biggest reason I read this was we were doing book club at the time and everyone else was like, hey, this is a great self contained story. So I never gave it any thought to read it in single issues, but once it was collected, everyone's like, all right, this is our book for the month. Let's read it. And so I thought that was a, that's the biggest way to get me to read something is have someone else tell me. Which readers or listeners get in on this too. We're telling you, go read these things, go to the store and buy
0: them. Be one of us. One of bus. us. One
1: of us. And if you have books that you'd like to recommend, in fact, like, get on the comments and tell us what trades are your favorites this week, and we can start Book Club again and have a treasure trove of things to recommend.
2: I have a runner-up. Yes. good. right. Uh, we're Night... running a little long time, so. Okay. Night what? Wing, How? Nightwing the New Order. It's set <laughs> in the future where Nightwing releases this device that uh, takes away all superpowers. Uh, his son ends up having superpowers, and there's this whole thing
0: that goes on. But that was a good one. I'll do a quick run-up than two. Walking Dead. I read it in trades and then got caught up to single issues, but yeah. Zombies, Walking Dead, TV show, multiple TV shows. All right. Okay. Is that, that it? So, Come we'll on. move on to our single issues of this week slash last week, um, the week of Thanksgiving slash the week of December the 2nd. Um, I know my picks are all from this week because... I'll I'll be honest, I don't remember what came out last week, so I was like, these are what came out this week, those are fresh in my mind, good enough. Um, And I'll go first. I'm going to have a double honorable mention, because we're making this as we go, and why not? I'll be quick with both of them. First one is Overwatch, Tracer London Calling, where it follows the Overwatch character named Tracer, and it actually fleshes out the story a little bit in the Overwatch uh, video game world, where the there's a superhero team that's named the overwatch. It's kind of like the Avengers, but they've since disassembled and she's running around town. Her, her ability is super speed. And she finds this like robotic underground world and helps them out because they can't, no one will respect them or treat them right in the actual world. And she's like, I can try to help you out. And she gains, she like gains familiarity with them and sympathizes with them. Like, Oh, you're, you may be robots, but you're still like people. And, you're so cool, so
1: yeah. And they bonded over music, which was pretty cool too.
0: Yeah. And my other honorable mention, quick pick, is Erratic by AWA Comics, where this there's a kid that can only be a superpower or superhero for ten minutes of every day. That's all he can do is just ten minutes. But he kind of has, I don't know, he has like a bit of a Spider-Man feel to me. Yeah. Um, he like shoots this red electric webbing almost like thing and he's very scrawny and gankly like a spider-man character it seems and it is mostly about him being a regular kid that just transferred i think he just transferred to a new school and trying to find his own workplace in life and there's something going on with the school and the teachers and everything there that seems a little off but on his way home it looks like one day or towards the end a giant squid monster attacks out of the ground and one of the girls that was there saw the whole thing and recorded it and is uploaded it to YouTube and we'll see where the fallout goes next issue.
1: Yeah, another reason that felt like Spider-Man to me was the part of the back. There's back matter or whatever they call it. Alex Alonzo is...
0: Alex. Axel. Oh, that's right. Axel Sorry. Axel Alonzo.
1: I totally wrote it wrong in my notes. Sorry. Yeah, Axel Alonzo. He writes a whole little thing blurbing about why he wanted to recommend this story and all that. And he basically says, like, great power and great responsibility. And I'm like, total ripoff. What the
0: heck? Yeah, it's kind of a (laughs) ripoff of Spider-Man. But the caveat of he can only use his powers 10 minutes a day. Yeah. Which is a cool little handicap then. All right, so those are my two honorable, two-in-one honorable mentions. Oh, one last thing is they're both a five-issue miniseries. So that's a nice little small investment. You don't have to go too deep on it. Who wants to go next?
2: I'll go next. Uh, My honorable mention is going to be Deceased, Dead Planet number six. This is the second last issue of the Deceased Dead Planet series. Um, if you've been following this before, you know that uh, the Anti-Life Equation has turned everyone into zombies. They're, in this book, we get like three different groups that are all trying to do their own version of getting rid of the zombies.
0: Their own salute. Yeah, their own. Their own solution. Their own solution of the zombie plague. Yes. So...
2: Um, It kind of starts to track all three of those to a degree. Um, we kind of leave off on one of them early on, but uh, we know what's happening with them. Uh, John Constantine is kind of heavy in this, and Trigon, if you notice, is on the cover. So, so he makes a big play in this issue as well. What's the saying? Hell hath no fury like the devil? Yeah, pretty much. <laughs> yeah, pretty much. So... I mean, I think it's, it It was good.
0: I really enjoyed it. No spoilers. And there's one more issue left of the series.
1: I got a kick out of it, too. At one point, they they kind of did a test run of one of their plans in this. When they came back, everyone's like, well, how did it go? And I think it was Superboy or somebody was like, well, she did try to kill us a bit. <laughs> Which is <laughs> I just like the way he's phrased that. Just, just a little bit, she tried to kill us.
0: All right. Laura, what is your honorable mention, then?
1: Hmm, sorry. I got lost between honorable mention and real mention. Which, yeah, it doesn't really matter. So I guess I'll do honorable mention is actually technically from last week. Um, The Department of Truth, issue number three. I know everyone's been having a lot of trouble with this series because the art style is very unique. But it almost... I liked it a lot better in this issue because I felt it was indicative of how confused this woman is and some of the different art they were able to like, superimpose in on it. It was, I don't know, it's it's an interesting thing to look at. Like, there's a lot of the American flag being superimposed in backgrounds, and it's a lot of politics and things. But the the biggest part of this that I thought was super interesting was how it focuses on this woman whose child was lost in, like, a Sandy Hook-style massacre. And at the beginning, she's very adamant. She's like, how can anyone think that I that my child never existed, that this was a hoax, that all this happened. But then by the end, she's kind of like, maybe I'm going crazy. Maybe this was a hoax. Did I get paid off? And I just don't even remember. Like, am I the one who's crazy? Maybe this never did happen. And oops, sorry, part of the issue is the, the whole Department of Truth does find her and investigates into well, what is truth? What isn't? And there's a the underlying story is the Black Hat Group. So you want to keep an eye out for their breadcrumbs in this too. So yeah, it was just, it was very interesting to me following this woman kind of descend into madness, like not knowing what's real and what's not. Is
0: this real life? Is yeah. this just fantasy?
1: Yeah. I think it was a sea of fantasy. All
0: right. And I will wrap things up for me with my pick of the week of Black Widow. Number four. If you remember from the past, we talked about the first issue. I don't know. We might talk about issue two and three. I'm not sure at this point. I think we did. But, uh, re, just a quick recap, Black Widow was captured some six to, eight, six to eight weeks ago or something like that. Disappeared, then all of a sudden, uh, Bucky and Hawkeye tracked her down. She was living a civilian life with, like, a husband and a kid that's, like, I don't know, eight or something. Like, they get older than what he should be for as long as they had him. And she's this domesticated civilian where she's an architect and every once in a while she has, like, weird muscle memory of like a superhero sort of thing, but nothing super abnormal until this issue where she gets straight on attacked and she goes into full on black widow mode. And it was really cool to see. Um, She does slight spoiler warning. She does get her consciousness back as being black widow. The part of her life of being domesticated is over. She's full on hero. And she kind of gets forced to be a hero from now from now on, no matter what, and forgetting the or letting go of her civilian life uh, against her own will. Like, part of it was like, oh, I'm going to choose to do this, but there might be some regret, and then boom. Nope. That that door is closed. It is time to move on to being a superhero and then avenging yourself for them capturing, brainwashing you, and uh, there's going to be some serious... Attacking that she'll be doing on people. Uh, I don't want to give away too much because there's some major spoilers in the last couple pages, but holy cow, that's kind of cool. So, Jared, what is your final pick of the week?
2: Mine was Justice League Endless Winter. It's a two-part miniseries that's going to have some tie-ins here and there. Um, I really enjoyed this. It starts off with a um, digging crew or an arctic crew that's digging in where the uh, Fortress of Solitude fell. Um, I haven't been reading Superman, so I didn't even know that happened. So, <laughs> But uh, we jump to a small group of villains, kind of the B-listers, uh, that have basically taken over an entire island, and the cops are getting ready to come knock on their door, and the Justice League shows up and takes them out. But uh, they go investigate the arctic where the dig uh, side is because they're digging up kryptonian crystals and everything but uh the new character pops up i won't reveal who um it's kind of a surprise and it's a new character and everything like this but uh, they start to do battle with it and everything like that but it uh drops away from them and kind of goes to the uh wizard shazam and there's a little bit of a I won't, i'll stop there with the spoilers but uh it surprised me the characters that came together and what they're releasing to fight this thing. So,
0: desperate times, yeah, desperate measures, measures and such.
2: But it was pretty neat to see those characters standing together because it was characters that I don't remember ever interacting whatsoever, and would never think to have them interact.
0: Well, and this is also like this is going to be a a miniature wide series like it's going to affect a lot of different smaller or a lot of different series for like one issue here one issue there sort of thing so it's going to have its influence on the rest of the universe
2: it's kind of a christmas issue also because it's got the flash kind of he's talking about how do you balance family life and you know with the work life and everything so
1: yeah that was almost annoying to me i was like flash no one wants to talk to you about your family like (laughs)
2: <laughs> the vibe i got for
1: everyone was
0: like eh flash you're on your own we're here for work i don't yep. have time to deal with your family <laughs> stuff also
1: and another thing i think is good to mention like i was surprised too that i thought it'd be a one shot that this would be over it's one story but it is continued i think it says at the end in the flash so if you want to follow this make sure you order the next flash too
0: all right laura what is your final pick of the last two weeks
1: Hmm, what is my final pick? I
0: don't know, that, that's...
1: <laughs> I kind of wanted to talk about Erratic, but you already did, so can I just pick Erratic sure. again? yeah, you can make that <laughs> your pick of the week. Yeah, but yeah, you already hit it all and I tailed, dovetailed off that, so...
0: Cool, so, so we'll move <laughs> to our favorite section.
1: Everyone's favorite.
0: Of who is your favorite hero of the week, be it fictional, real life, whatever, and I'll go first, and I'll say Axel Alonso... And the rest of the AWA team for making a brand new comic book series or comic book line called AWA. Um, where they are, their goal is to help, uh, pu- help publish uh, new and creative stories that are beneficial to everybody. The collectors, the stores, the actual uh, creative people behind the comics themselves. The creators, the writers and artists to just overall help the industry as a whole and so far they i've read a good portion of their stuff and it's been pretty good i know like uh year 0 the zombie book they did five issue many or five issue run and then they did all right now we're doing year 0 part 2 like they're just doing five issues at a time to see gauge the audience see how much they like it and then continue on from there so it's some cool stuff it's some independent stuff and creative so I like them, so I'm going with Axel Alonso for spearheading the creation of AWA Comics.
2: Who wants to go next? I'll go next, since I'm prepared. Well, sort of. I don't know anyone's names, but whoever at DC is doing Future State. <laughs> I'm really looking forward to that. They're really shaking things up. Things look great. The art looks good on everything. I'm really excited to see all the new story arcs. and I've, I'll tell you, I put every single one of them on my pull list just because I want to I check it all out.
0: Yeah, and I I like that it is only a two-month thing. Like, hey, well, they'll release it for January and February, reassess what hit, what didn't, what do did people like, what do people not like, and then DC's going to continue on after that, and who knows what'll spin out, out, of, out of that also.
2: Yeah, I'm looking forward to it, and I think it could really change DC Comics, and quite honestly, they're going to have to do something, you know, dramatic just to keep the doors open, it sounds like. I mean, they keep laying off salesmen and this and that, and...
0: Anything that I think AT&T is the parent company, so anything between them and Warner Brothers as a whole, like they just announced that all Warner Brothers movies next year will be on HBO Max and in theaters same day. So like that is definitely a weird bold choice. To say, all right, we're still releasing it. It'll be in theaters and on that on HBO same day. You decide. You want to see it in the theaters? Or you want to watch it on HBO? I know for myself, I'm gonna watch it on HBO then. Because I don't have to go out anywhere. I can watch whenever I wanted. If I need to go to the bathroom, I'll just press pause and, and just do that. and Make your own popcorn. Right. And if theoretically, once this COVID stuff is done, we can, hey, all right, we're all going to watch it. Come on over. Jared, come over on this night. We'll watch it together for the first time, whatever. And we don't have to worry about paying the fees. To go to see tickets.
2: Yeah. We don't have to pay the what? What is it last time you went to the theater? 13, 14 bucks. That's before any popcorn or anything. So it's what, 25 bucks a person? Just to go see a movie now. So
0: yeah, AT and T slash Warner is in a really weird position right now.
2: Yeah, but that's yeah we don't we don't know what the future state of DC Comics is going to be and. But I think it's a good choice of pushing it only oh, for two months. I do too. I'm test it out. See yeah, see what change works. I mean, if it's only a two issue series like this, I'll check them all out.
0: That's but, not yeah. that
2: much, and that's not that much of a commitment. I mean, they are releasing a lot. But it's not a long term commitment
0: for right. them all. Yeah, most of them are two issues, like one in January, issue two in February, with the exception of Batman, who has like four different books. Yeah, I think so. Like a, a and some of them are four issues, like so it'll be two a month, which they're already doing two a month anyway right now. Yeah. So, well, but it,
2: some of different. it's like um, some of it looks like it's Bruce Wayne, and some of it looks like the new Batman. Right. So, who knows what that's going to be. I hope they don't make a Damien. I hope they bring a new character, you know, kind of what they're doing with the new Wonder Girl and the new Superboy and this and that. Or I hope it's someone some brand like, new.
0: So, or even someone that's like The Signal or something like that else that is established, but they grew up into something else. Yeah.
2: Yeah, I'll, I'll go with that. That would be great. But he, I'm looking forward to see what they do. And if they do make a Damien and Wayne, I'd be okay with that, too. You know what I mean? Sure. It's just what my hopes are. Right. But if it's Damien, so be it. I'd... I'd be okay with the Damien Batman book. We've seen it before.
0: (laughs) Yeah. It's worked out. Yeah. All right, Laura, who's your hero of the week then?
1: I think I'm going to go with Hobane Washburn from the Firefly series. Wash. Yeah. Because it came out last week, and I thought it was a really good... It's not so much a trade, but just a standalone graphic novel.
0: It is an original graphic novel.
1: Yeah. And it's called Watch How I Soar um, by Joss Whedon and whole bunch of names go go read the names inspired by joss
0: whedon's firefly
1: that still counts i think but it's a collection of stories that go over wash's life and i think that it's kind of a what if too of if he spoilers yeah if
0: he didn't die at the end of the serenity movie
1: yeah i feel like everyone knows that by now like you should
0: how do you clean your reaver? put it through the wash
1: yeah, yeah, I think that's a little bit of the beginning of it, too. Um, spoilers more. But it's like page <laughs> two. They're cleaning up the ship. But it's kind of a, a what if, oh, if, if he'd had children, if they'd retired, if they'd done this, if they'd done that. And then it's some flashbacks to when he was a kid. How did he become obsessed with dinosaurs and yada yada? Like, it, it was just a very good book. So I think that he should be my hero because he was a good character and did great things. Could have done great things if this had actually happened. He did great (laughs) things
0: and could have done greater. Yep. All right. So that will be our episode for the week. Uh, Just a heads up in the future. I don't know. Towards the end of the month, we may not do a couple. We may take a couple weeks off because of Christmas and New Year's. So we'll see what happens. But until then, we will be back next week, barring any big change. Yeah. We plan on being here next week. So thank you for listening. Thank you for sharing on social medias, because I know you listeners are doing that right now, right?
1: invite your friends
0: i'm gonna pause now do the sharing done share it yes i'm 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 gonna keep doing it keep sharing it right now i know you're not doing it yet you can share while you're listening can you yeah you can can watch the share button it'll be fine okay (laughs) all right so yes thanks for sharing thanks for listening and we will see you all next time Sharing is caring.